Welcome to the Scene Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Scene Podcast. I am your silly little host, Justin Borak, joined by the person behind the curtain, KJ, my wonderful producer. KJ, say hello. Top of the morning, Justin. Apologies to our listeners in Ireland. It's so good to hear your voice. I'm really excited to jump into this episode. Yeah, that's... KJ. KJ's my best friend and the best editor in the world. And boy, oh boy, do me and KJ have a sick episode for you guys today. We have a show you should know. We have a theater in a minute. We have a bunch of fun rotating segments. Guys, and I don't want to hold us up any longer than we have to. So KJ, let's shoot on over to the first segment of the episode. Shows you should know. All right, it's time for Shows You Should Know, the segment where I get to do my favorite thing in the world. Tell you all about plays and musicals you might not have heard of, but need to consume ASAP. Let's get to it. Okay, I have some very, very cool ones today that I am so excited to tell you all about. Okay, this first one is a play that I love. The unfortunate thing is I haven't seen it yet, and I feel like it's a play I need to see to fully understand. So this is also a plea, a plea for anyone to do Hype Man, a breakbeat play by Idris Goodwin. Let me tell you about it, the story. Hip-hop artist Pinnacle and his backup rapper Verb have been laying down tracks together since childhood. Add the skills of genius beatmaker Peep One and a TV appearance to the mix, and their group might finally have made it. But when local police shoot an unarmed black teen, Verb feels called to respond, raising questions about whether it's the trio's responsibility as artists to speak out for justice. A timely play about using your voice filled with explosive energy and electric rhymes. Yo, it's wild. I love shows that can do something very different. You know what I mean? And I would not call Hype Man a musical. I wouldn't. I've watched a bunch of clips. Uh, I believe they did it at Actors Theater of Louisville. I, I saw some clips from that production. And Idris Goodwin does a perfect job blending music and like a concert vibe to make it feel like an incredibly important play about like the job of a public figure and like what you do when you have a platform of some kind. It's so interesting. It is so wonderful. And also it has some freaking bangers the music is fire there's a couple videos of like full-length songs in there and it is just so so good so um i would say this show though is ages like 13 plus you know do it that what you will some adult language some mature situations but an important an important play nevertheless uh someone near me please do this show i'll be there every night if anyone in the pittsburgh area or the new york area or the cleveland area if anyone around there does hype man let me know. I will be there at opening and I will be there at closing. I'll be there every night in between. It's probably like the number one play I want to see in person. You know, sometimes you read something and you're like, I need to see this. That's that for me right now. Hype Man, the breakbeat play by Idris Goodwin. Check it out. Okay, next one. 615 on the 104 by Eleanor Jones. Okay, the story. 615 on the 104 deals with a chance encounter on a New York City bus where four women, all strangers, suddenly find themselves confiding in each other. Happily, they all benefit from the experience, particularly in the timid Blair, who's 
convinced that no one ever notices her until a fellow passenger playfully dabs a dot of red lipstick on the end of her nose. This play is adorable. It is so sweet. This short play by Eleanor Jones is perfect for every school. It's like beautiful. It's full of like wonderful, real conversation. As someone who like, again, I think I've said this probably on this podcast before, but I am a huge Annie Baker fan. I love hyper realism. I love plays that feel like a slice of life. And that's what 615 on the 104 does for me. It like makes it really feel like you're just watching these four women have this earnest and meaningful interaction on a bus. And if you have like a nice black box, if you are a student like lab theater company, if you are looking for a small, wonderful show that you don't get to see very often on the stage, 615 on the 104 by Eleanor Jones is a perfect, perfect choice. There are also really great scenes and monologues in here. So check that out if you're a lady who is looking for that kind of stuff. Any women identifying actors, 615 on the 104 has so much content for you to grab. It's great. It's so, so good. Okay. Last one I'm going to talk about today, Elsewhere by Donzelitis, the story. Oh, oh, you know, I love a good Donzelitis play. Okay. The story. Ah, okay. Ah, at a boarding school in New Hampshire, the former headmaster's house sits empty, abandoned decades ago after his son disappeared inside and now thought to be haunted. But when four students break in on a dare, they don't find ghosts or ghouls, but instead a doorway to another world, elsewhere. Elsewhere is a realm of pure imagination, overflowing with everything Sylvan, Ariel, Jenna, and V could ever want. Magic, adventure, acceptance, purpose, a half-human, half-buffalo librarian. But the longer they stay in Elsewhere, the more it seems there's something not quite right with the fantasy utopia, and the less willing Elsewhere is to let them go back to the real world. To escape this dream world, the four friends must journey through their darkest nightmares. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. Don Zelitis is a wizard. He's an absolute wizard, and I, and that's it. That's the end of the conversation. He's a friggin' wizard. I don't know how he does it. This play feels like a stage version of Narnia, if it was a bit darker, but also written for high schoolers. It is funny, it is scary, it has amazing scene work, and it is perfect for any school that wants to bite off some like cool fantasy. Like if you're a cool high school theater teacher, if you're a cool like college teacher, if you're just a cool person in general, and you <laughs> wanna do a fantasy play, but you're like scared of like, yo, I don't have like a huge budget or like, oh, like it feels like, you know, how am I going to make someone fly? This is an amazing play for you because Don Zelaitis writes plays that are able to do it, that you are able to do at a school level really easily, but you can also do it at a professional level really beautifully. You can do them at any level. That's his like magical talent. Okay. And this play is such a wonderful, original, cool fantasy based story. It's just great, and you can do it with any type of budget in any type of space. It's wonderful. The show is perfect for everyone. With the original text, it, it does have some cursing, but Don is so smart. He's so wonderful. He wrote an alternate version for schools that takes out a lot of the crude language and adult themes. This play can be done by anyone. It can be done with any budget. It can be done in any space. Elsewhere by Don Zelitis is one of my favorite plays I have found in so very long. And if you are a fan of Don's, or if you're a fan of Narnia, or if you're a fan of The Lord of the Rings, if you're a fan of any of that kind of stuff, She Kills Monsters, those kind of plays, this is for you. Check this out. Elsewhere by Don Zelitis. And that is the shows you should know. Thank you for listening. Let's get to the next segment. Theater in a minute. That is right. It's time for Theater in a Minute, where I explain something from theater past, present, or future as quickly as my brain lets me. Today's topic is the brilliant playwright, August Wilson. So, KJ, let's get to it. Start the clock in three, 
two, one. August Wilson was a prominent American playwright known for his powerful and insightful portrayal of African-American life throughout the 20th century. August Wilson was born as Frederick August Kittle Jr. on April 27, 1945 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His mother, Daisy Wilson, raised him in the Hill District, a predominantly African-American neighborhood that would later serve as the backdrop for many of his plays. Wilson dropped out of high school at the age of 15 after facing racial discrimination and began educating himself at the local library. He developed a love for literature and theater during this time. In the late 1960s, Wilson began to write plays, and by early 1980, he had gained recognition as a talented playwright. His breakthrough came from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in 1984, the first play of his 10-play series known as The Pittsburgh Cycle or The Century Cycle. Each of these plays is set in a different decade of the 20th century, right? Exploring the African-American experience in the United States. Some of his notable works in The Pittsburgh Cycle include... Fences, which won a Pulitzer in 1985, The Piano Lesson in 1987, Joe, Turn or, uh, Joe Turner's Come and Gone, and The Seven Guitars from 1995. August Wilson received numerous awards and honors throughout his career, including multiple Pulitzer Prizes for drama and Tony Awards. He's regarded as one of the most significant American playwrights in the 20th century. Wilson also was a strong advocate for African-American artists, pushing for more representation in the theater and challenging racial stereotypes in storytelling. August Wilson's plays continue to be performed and studied around the world. They provide valuable insights into the African-American experience, touching on themes and family and race and identity and history. His contributions to the American theater is celebrated for its authenticity and cultural significance. August Wilson passed away on October 2nd, 2005 at the age of 60 due to liver cancer. His death marked the end of an era in the American theater, but his work lives on as a testament to the resilience of his work and his creativity. August Wilson's impact on American theater is immeasurable, and his works remain an essential part of the canon of American drama, shedding light on the complexities of African-American life and history in the United States. Boom. August Wilson, one of the most brilliant and important playwrights of our time. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next segment. Have you subscribed to Broadway Book Club? Click the link in the show notes to see how you can get your favorite plays straight to your door. Subscribe annually to get new themes each quarter, or choose from our specialty curated collections. What are you waiting for? Head to the show notes for more information on Broadway Book Club. That's right, it's time for another segment of That's Theater. If you don't know about this rotating segment, I did it a couple weeks ago, and I love doing it. It's where I talk about oh, oh something weird in the theater world, something that like a lot of people don't know about that I really want to know. It's kind of like shows you should know, but even more underground. Think shows you should know if like someone came up to you in an alley and was like, yo, did you hear about this segment Justin does? That's what this is. And wait, I just thought of a bit that I want to start this one off with, okay? In a world where Mumford and Sons was cooler and made theater, you would get Pigpen Theater Company. Blah, 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 blah. That's right. We're talking about Pigpen Theater Company, guys. Pigpen Theater Company is like one of the coolest, weirdest groups of people that I love very much, okay? They started creating their like cool, unique brand of like theater in 2007 at, Car at Carnegie Mellon. And since then, they've produced their stuff uh, in New York at the Edinburgh Film Festival. They've been on a ton of really cool like rankings, websites and things like that. They're a very, very cool underground theater company that makes really cool acoustic -y, like very like musician 
actor-centric art that is really, really wonderful. And one of my favorite notes from them that they put in a lot of their casting things is, I'm going to read it to you verbatim, a note from Pigpen. Cast the story however you like, with as many or as few performers as you have available. The original production was built around five Pigpen founding ensemble members, and the roles were distributed as follows. So this is for specifically one of their shows, uh, The Nightmare Story, but they really do make all of their shows really open to interpretation of like how you want to do it, which is so nice. One for like schools that want to do a show, but regional theaters also really anywhere that like sometimes you can feel bogged down by a play or a musical. If it's a very specific thing, like I immediately think of some uh, classical text, some uh, heightened language, like, like Moliere, for example, who rhymes and rhyming couplets over and over and over again. It's really, really cool, but sometimes it feels really technical. In shows like this, you get to do it how you want it. You get to like legally have free license on like how you do this play to an extent, which is really, really cool, and you don't see a lot in the theater world. Pigpen Theater Company has a couple really cool shows. They have The Nightmare Story, which is a tale of a boy who ventures into the unknown to find a cure for his mother's rare disease. They have The Mountain Song, which is actually one that I don't know. This is the one I, I know the least about, but it's a tale of a carpenter who climbs a mountain and traverses rivers in order to attend his daughter's wedding. Sounds adorable. Again, like six roles, but it's the same kind of style. Uh, and then their most well-known show is The Old Man and the Old Moon, Okay. The old man has kept his post as the sole caretaker of the moon for as long as he can remember. When she is drawn away by a mysterious melody that sparks memories of a shared past, the old man must decide between duty and love. Luckily, for audiences everywhere, he chooses the latter. And what follows is an imaginative, like, seafaring epic encompassing apocalyptic storms, civil wars. It's crazy the amount that they can do in this show. And just... For an example, this is their longest. The other two shows are about 60 minutes. This one's 90. This you can do with seven people or you can do with 26 people. And all the musicians are act. It's the way they make their shows are so interesting to me. And it's something that no other theater company is doing. So if you are a like acoustic theater nerd, if you're someone who loved Bright Star but was like, that's too big. This is the freaking shows for you. Like, it's it's really, really wonderful, and not a lot of people are doing it, so you might be doing the regional premiere of it in your area. The, the area premiere? I'm not sure what you would call it. But Pigpen Theater Company has some really great stuff, and a lot of their stuff is published on broadwaylicensing.com, so you can read it for free, listen to it for free, all that stuff. So make sure you check out Pigpen Theater Company. That's theater? Yes, it is. Pigpen Theater Company, and I will say... I bop to the old man and the old mood on a regular basis. So make sure you check that one out. And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to thank the team over at The Scene. If you love what we do and you want to read a little bit, go check out their newsletter. I mean, you probably already do. It's straight up brilliant. Uh, and I'm happy that you guys are listening to us as well. I want to thank KJ for editing and producing this wonderful, wonderful podcast. I literally could not do this show without KJ. So thank you so much. And I want to thank you to all of you listeners. It's been an amazing run these first five episodes. And we can't wait to make you even more. Uh, yeah, I'm having a freaking blast so thank you guys so much for listening if you want to check out any of my stuff you can check me out on tiktok at mediocre jokes there's a bunch of theater content over there or my other theater podcast play to z but other than that make sure you'll read the scene newsletter uh i'll see you guys next week for another episode of the scene podcast and we will talk soon until then let me say the words that we hear from every theater student 
after their first scene when they presented in class. And that's how we will end this episode. And scene. (laughs) See you guys next week. The Scene Podcast is made possible by our host, Justin Borak, our producer and editor, KJ Lampar, and our executive producer, Zach Dooley. Special thanks to Melissa Klein and Zoe Dick for their special contributions to today's episode. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date with our latest theater antics. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next time.